Welcome to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. We hope and pray this message challenges and inspires you to live out God's truth in your life. Hey, if you have your Bibles, uh, whether it's, uh, if it's paper, you got them on your phone, a tablet, either turn your Bible on or open your Bibles to Psalm 139. And in Psalm 139, God gives us four really great perspectives on how he sees us. Now, I don't know about you, but it, a lot of my life I, I spend trying to measure myself against somebody else. Don't you? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm doing better than him, Lord. I mean, you know, come on, that guy. But at the end of the day, God says, you know, this walk, this journey, this life, no matter how brutal it may be, no matter how much it may cost you, no matter what it does in our life when we have those crash and burn weeks where you just think it can't get any worse than this, there's always a time when you look at this and say, where, where do I measure up and do I measure up? And God has this wonderful way of saying, you don't just measure up, you are a big deal. When you sit at the table with your creator, that's a big deal. So I want to invite you in, whether you're uh, on the app. If you go to the Sugar Hill Church app, you just hit resources. The first button is message notes. Every scripture is in there, and you can follow my notes regardless if I do or not. And so just hang on and just look through there, and you'll have all the, all the resources that we have on the app. And I encourage you to do that today as we look at Psalm 139. So God has a word, I believe, for us in the 139th Psalm, especially for those of us that are struggling with who we are today compared to who we might I thought we were going to be. In the first hour, I had four high school friends that showed up, and I hadn't seen a couple of them in about 25 years. And you could see the look on their face like, wow, Chuck, when I knew you like 100 years ago, I'd never imagined you being a pastor. He had that look like, whoa. And you know, to be honest with you, I kind of think that every now and myself. Lord, I never saw this one coming. I promise you, man, when, back in the days of school, nobody would have thought that guy's going to be a pastor. I don't even like pastors. And, and so you look at that and think, how did this happen? Because God has a plan, and he's woven it through our lives in such a way that we can know it. And so in Psalm 139, the first six verses give us eight words that allow us to know how much God loves us, including how much he knows us. So if you take a look at Scripture there, we look at these eight words. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up, you understand my thoughts from far away. You observe, hmm, you observe my travels and my rest. You're aware of all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it. Lord, you have encircled me. You have placed me on your hand, this behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Eight different ways God says, I've got this. If you guys would stop freaking out and try to control your world so much, just know I've got this. Because, see, tomorrow morning is Monday, and you're going to hit the road, and there's going to be something that you've got to do, and you've got to go kill it tomorrow, and you've got to make it happen. If you're, if you're a businessman, you've got, to go, you've got to kill your own dinner, and you plan to eat good. You, you've got three kids, and a mom's got the whole deal, got to get ready for school. You've got to, you've got to go kill it tomorrow, right? I was in a counseling appointment this week with a young lady, and at the end of the time, I looked at her and said, you know, at the end of the day, what you really want to know is that tomorrow could be better than today. You could, your desire is to have hope, that tomorrow could be better than today. She looked back at me and she said, I haven't seen tomorrow with hope in years. Psalm 139 says this, you can see hope as you look at tomorrow. Have you ever heard the phrase, look at the end from the beginning? Stephen Covey made millions on that book, but 
trying to teach us that what we need to do is see the end from the beginning. Psalm 139 is God's way to see your future through you today. And he invites us into this relationship where we are having an intimate conversation with God as we understand him. Now, you may be here today and you say, I have zero faith system. I don't know this God you're talking about, but I tell you this, I know that there's some longing in my heart that there's a divine being that I want to have an understanding of. And God says, well, this is for you. So in 139, we see this, oh Lord, you've searched me, you know me. Each of these words convey a different level of knowledge that God has of you and of me. And as David writes this, he's writing it not just for his experience, he's writing it for our experience, that we might have this intimate understanding of the divine creator of the universe that knows you so intimately that there's nothing you can hide, there's nothing you can do. You are here because he chose for you to be here. And you look at this and you say, wait a minute, that means God knows my heart, he knows my fears, he knows my thoughts, he knows my motives, he knows my dreams, he knows my frustrations, he knows your past, he knows your future, he knows your present, and he knows everything, especially down deep in the corners of your soul where nobody else knows what's going on. God knows you. God knows you. I don't know about you, but I, I, I love knowing that I'm not some nameless number to God, but that he knows me, and yet he still loves me. He knows all the stupid I've done. He knows all of the selfishness I think. He knows everything about me, and he still says, not only I know you, I love you. I know you, I love you. You say, Chuck, well, that's a bit creepy. He knows everything? Here's the good news. God knows you. He knows everything you thought right now, everything you did last night, everything you will do tomorrow, and still loves you. I don't know about you, but man, I I don't love like that. I don't have the capacity to love like that. But the fact that I can't do anything to make God not love me, now that blows my mind. I'm glad he knows me. But it also says that God blesses us. It gives the picture of a Hebrew, a Jewish dad, would lay a hand on their child and convey a blessing. I want you to have the life that you could have never imagined. I want you to walk with God. A a, a Hebrew dad would bring that child together, and it was a big deal. It was a memorial service that he was passing on to this child that you might have this joy that is beyond expectation, that you might have this life full of fulfillment and joy, that you might walk with God, that you might be with God, that you might feel the blessing of God all the days of your life. And when he did this, he did five things in this blessing. The first thing he did was he had a meaningful touch. The dad would bring that child to him and hold him. My dad was never great at words of affirmation, but my dad had no problem grabbing me with those big old hands and hugging me in public. Dad never, never had a problem grabbing me and hugging me. And when my dad would reach over those big old hands, he would hold me. You know what I thought? I'm safe here. My dad's got my, I'm safe here. He's got my back. I'm good. And you know what's interesting? That's what the heavenly father is describing here. I wrap my arms around you. I pull you to me. I want to convey this blessing to you. I'm for you. It wasn't just a meaningful touch. It was a spoken word. 
where that child would hear a father speak words, not only of affirmation, not only of encouragement, but they would speak these spiritually deep, wondrous meanings, passing on from generation to another generation the belief that God is not just for you, he has paved a way for you. That he has brought these people from where they were and he's going to use them in the future and everything that you have today is, is for you to walk with God. It was a meaningful touch. It was a spoken word. Then he painted a word picture. This is what your future can look like. This is what God would have for you. This is what you can do and where you can go. And he would paint a picture of affirmation. I don't know about you, but I love to be around somebody who believes in me. Don't you? I love it when somebody says, you can, you will. I know you'll do it. Tomorrow morning when you hit 285 and that guy in front of you will not get out of the way. Don't you want to know God's for me? And don't you want to know he's for him? Don't you want to know that God's not walking through the hallways of heaven saying, wow, I didn't see that traffic backup coming. He's got you there for a purpose. He, he knows you. He blesses you. The fourth thing he does, he pictures a special future. He blesses that child that his future might be beyond the norm, something that's unbelievable, that God would choose to use you to do something extraordinary. And then he finishes up and says, I want to give you a commitment to see that blessing fulfilled. I don't want to just speak it. I want to live it with you. That Hebrew dad would pass on to that child these five things, and he'd say, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to give you everything I've got to make sure you do that. And what David is saying is that our heavenly father, the divine, the creator of the universe, is spending 67 million miles an hour hurtling through space right now. That God knows so much about you that he blesses you and says, I've got this special future for you. I'm for you. I know you. I bless you. And I pursue you. I am coming after you. I want a relationship with you. When David affirms God's knowledge of himself, you know what he says in verse 6? This blows my mind. Mind equals blown. I, I can't believe you do this. I mean, David, in his first instinct, is like us. Wait a minute. If God knows everything about me, I need to hide. He knows I'm a creep. He knows I'm selfish. He knows what I've done. He knows what I thought. We read about King David, and we hear about he's a man after God's own heart, and our thought is, well, that's not me. Dude, I hadn't picked up my Bible in so long. I, don't, I had to dust it. I didn't know where it was this morning. Thank goodness it's on my iPhone, dude. And trying to look through all this and saying, there's no way I could be a man, a woman, a student after God's own heart. That's not me. Listen, David was a murderer, an adulterer, a liar, a cheater. And God said, still, I love you, David. We're going to do something cool with you, dude. Let's go. And we're still talking about him today. Listen, you know what he wants to do? The same thing with you. Listen, I get it. Some of you woke up this morning, looked in the mirror, and started singing, How Great Thou Art. And it was a selfie moment for you. It was beautiful. I mean, you got it. Some of you looked in the mirror, and you know what you said this morning? Dude, that is not good. Some of you should have looked in the mirror this morning. But we all came with a different perspective, but God's perspective never changed. I love you. I know you. I blessed you. I'm pursuing you. I want to be in a relationship with you. Here's what he says in verse 7. Where, where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I can make my bed and shield, there, there you are. If I live on the eastern horizon or settle on the western limits, even there your hand will lead me. 
Your right hand will hold on to me. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light around me will become night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The light shines like the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. David is saying, there is no place I can be and there's nothing inside of me. There's no place to hide from me. He knows everything about me. He still chooses to bless me. He still pursues a relationship with me. And he goes on in verse 10 and says, if I could ride the sun's rays, and if I could fly at blinding speeds to some remote place or bury myself under miles of ocean, even there, David says, your hand will lead me. That's guidance. And your right hand will hold on to me. That's security. So if today you're saying, I don't know where to go, God does. But Chuck, I, I, I don't know if I can. God will. David is saying, you get security and you get guidance. That sounds like peace to me. That sounds like I, I can do this. I can step in tomorrow and believe it is not only better than today, but it can blow my mind what God wants to do for me. He is for me. God knows me. God blesses me. God pursues me. And you know what's great about this? In the middle of all of that, God himself made us. There's a lady who wrote a book not long ago. Her name's Marianne Bird, and it was a fascinating read. And she, uh, she's a lady that was born with a cleft palate. And... Um, when she was in kindergarten, kids were brutal with her about her cleft palate. And you can imagine a kid on a playground at, at some elementary school at a kindergarten where they're picking on this poor girl with a little, little cleft palate, and they would ask, what happened to your face? And she would say, you know, I cut myself on glass rather than admit the way she was created. It came time for them to have their hearing test in the day, and, and what they did was the teacher would send a student outside the door of the classroom close the door, and that student would take one ear and press it against the door, put their hand over the other ear, and the teacher would whisper. And if the student heard the whisper, they passed the test. So a kid would go outside, put their ear against the door, put their hand against the other one, and they would hear this teacher that everybody loved, are you wearing a new dress today? Is that a new pair of shoes today? Marianne Bird went out and she pressed her ear against the door and she put her hand over her other ear and the words she heard were I wish you were my child you're so beautiful I wish you were my child and Marianne Bird said at that moment I knew God made no mistake when he made the wonderful me listen to me friend God made no mistake when he made the wonderful you he knows you. He blesses you. He pursues you. He created you. And maybe most beautifully, he has a plan for you. I mean, God purposed you to be who you are. So we have a responsibility to the best me we can be. God said, let's, let's go blow their mind. It's Monday. Everybody's ticked off on Monday. Let's go freak them out and be happy today. I promise you, you're going to blow their mind. And you walk in the office and say, how y'all doing? And you know, they're looking at you, you've got four heads. You know why? God knows you. He's blessed you. He's pursuing you. He created you. He has a plan for you. 
Listen, some of us are thinking we need to reinvent and recreate ourselves. Listen, God didn't make a mistake when he made you the first way. We need the first way of you to simply love him and live for him that way. Because he didn't make a mistake when he made you. In verse 16, it says, All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. God, how difficult your thoughts are for me to comprehend. How vast the sum of it. David says, the script for your life has already been written. And God wants to do immeasurable, wonderful things in you, through you, for you. Because our God is for you. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. He cannot wait for you to know that he knows you. He blesses you. He pursues you. He created you. He's got a plan for you. He wants you to be able to walk with him and see all the wonders that he's chosen to do through you. And you may say, Chuck, there is no way. If you knew how I thought all week long, no way God wants to deal with me. Yes, he does. You know why? He knows you. He blesses you. He pursues you. He created you, and he made no mistake when he made the wonderful you. And at the end of it, you know what he says? I got a plan for you. I'm going to blow your mind. Go out there Tuesday morning and crush it. Go out there tomorrow and kill it. Why? Because God is going before you, in you, and behind you, and he is for you. You know, it's interesting. $100 bills don't stay in my house very long. I did a wedding not long ago, and the party gave me a couple of $100 bills. I opened up the card. Jenny was driving. And I said, isn't that sweet? And literally, she did this. It magically disappeared. It goes to a place I have no idea. But when it goes there, it never comes back. Six daughters, one dog, three chickens, and a wife who can pluck it out of thin air. Gone. You know where this one came from? Her. If I came to you and I said, here's this nice, pretty $100 bill. I want you to have it. I'm conveying some pretty great value in you, aren't I? And some of you are saying, yeah, dude, are you going to give the 100 away? No. <laughs> Just get your mind right here. Y'all been watching too much Steve Harvey. That $100 bill would convey a lot of value. But I'd take that thing and wad that sucker up, throw it on the floor, spit on it, stomp on it, grind it up a little bit, kick it away. That's a lot of what life does to us. It just beats a dog out of us, doesn't it? Here's what's beautiful, though. God reaches down with something so much more valuable than a hundred bucks. And he takes us and he smooths us out. And he says, look there. It's still worth so much. I don't care who said anything to you that made you think you weren't wonderfully, marvelously, worshipfully, miraculously built. But you are. The divine God of all creation said, I know you. I bless you.
I pursue a relationship with you. I made you. I love you so much. I have a plan for you. So much so that he'd say, I'd give my son to die for you, for every selfish and sinful thought or action you've ever had. I'm for you. My friend, listen, when you leave this day, you walk into tomorrow with the knowledge that my God is for me. And whatever comes your way, he is blessing you. He is pursuing you because he loves you. Father, we love you. We praise you and we thank you that in this day and in this time, we have the knowledge that you know us and bless us. God, pour your blessing over us that it might saturate us to the bone. God, continue to pursue us even knowing all of the wicked and sinful ways of our life. God, we want to recognize that you made us and you, you, you made no mistake when you made the wonderful us. God, thank you that you choose to use us and love us and bless us and have a plan for us. God, we want to honor your name today and say, Lord, send me, use me. God, let's go kill it tomorrow. Let's go crush it tomorrow so that we might let the world know you are not against us, but you are for us. That you are not mad at us, you are madly in love with us. And that you long to walk with us, before us, beside us, and behind us in every need, in every way. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. For more information and to find out more about our church, please visit us at sugarhillchurch.com.